You all ready for this? Since we're all going back to the 90s anyway. Apparently the 90s was a lot weirder than I remember. <laughs> Although, again, Man, the 90s, man. <laughs> again, this movie came out like four months before I was born, so. <laughs> anyway, hello and welcome everybody to this episode of the Peach Geeks Film Club, which is a book club, but for movies, because movies are easier to consume than books. And um, tonight we're doing... Hocus Pocus, Ooh. Ooh, which is a Halloween movie that released in like June or July. Um, yeah, and I have. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. And you uh, thought 2020 was celebrating Halloween early? <laughs> 1993. Dude, there was Halloween. There was Halloween candy out in April this year. 2020 okay? it was been bad. celebrating Halloween since January. I don't want to hear. It. <laughs> um. And I have uh, a couple friends along for the ride tonight. If you guys want to introduce yourselves. How you doing? I'm Jacob. I'm Sean. And I'm the fourth Sanderson sister, Emily. <laughs> um, yeah, Actually, why would you, you were the first question. You, were, yeah, you got killed off. You got killed really early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to do my little, my little spiel here. Hocus Pocus was directed by Kenny Ortega. Uh, who also directed the movie Newsies, which was a movie that came out a year before and also bombed in theaters, uh, all, although it then get, did get a cult following, just like Hocus Pocus. I'm sensing a trend here. He also did the High School Musical trilogy, the Descendants trilogy, and the Michael Jackson This Is It movie. And he's also done choreography for a bunch of films, including... And we're about to get real 80s and 90s here. St. Elmo's Fire, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Dirty Dancing. Gee, uh, this movie was uh, produced, screenplayed, story by a bunch of people I'm not even going to get into. They all came up with it and produced it. It's like the same names. It, 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 that's not what matters. Because what matters in this movie is the ridiculous cast. Because first off, there's Bette Midler as Winifred, who... Not only gets first billing, but her name appears before the actual title of the movie. It also stars Kathy Najimy as Mary, who I believe was already a star at this point because her biggest role of all time was the year before in Sister Act, which was a big hit back in 92. And then rounding out the third witch character is Sarah Jessica Parker as Sarah. Very creative there. Um, I don't know when she got big because this was like five years before Sex in the City, but... Uh, Together, these three make up the witch trio of the Sanderson sisters. And also rounding out the cast is our main hero, Omri Katz as Max, who eventually dropped out of acting. Uh, Thora Birch, who plays his sister, Danny, who was kind of a big deal on and off and does a lot of like, independent films and whatnot. And as I was telling Eric before, was in the 2000 Dungeons and Dragons movie. And Vanessa Shaw as Allison, who honestly looks like she's been leading a thoroughly fine acting life doing TV and film, and honestly good for her. It's also worth noting that the great Doug Jones played Billy Butcherson. Doug Jones is essentially Andy Serkis before Andy Serkis. He played a bajillion roles that require like full costumes and prosthetics. Uh, most people might know him from his roles in Guillermo del Toro's movies like Pan's Labyrinth and the Hellboy movies where he played some of the monsters and Abe Sapien. Hocus Pocus is a prime example of a cult classic, especially since it bombed at the box office. And there are several reasons this movie flopped. Uh, first of all, it was a critical failure. It currently has a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes, which says it is, quote, harmlessly hokey, yet never much more than mediocre. Hocus Pocus is a muddled family-friendly effort that fails to live up to the talents of its impressive cast. The second reason is that it was released the same day as Free Willy, which was a huge kids movie back in the day. It backed up, it was backed up by a Michael Jackson hit and started an entire franchise. So it's also worth noting that 1993 was an actually impressive year for films because such hits that come out, came out include uh, Philadelphia, Sleepless in Seattle, The Fugitive, Mrs. Doubtfire, Aladdin, Schindler's List, and Jurassic Park. So Hocus Pocus had a lot of competition. And it came out in July or whatever. Yeah, the final reason the, the movie probably didn't do so well is because it was released in July. A <laughs> Halloween movie in the middle of July. And the reason for this is because Disney didn't want it to interfere with its other big Halloween release, The Nightmare Before Christmas, which 
also didn't make sense because Disney did not want to even acknowledge that movie and released it under Touchstone Pictures so their name wouldn't be associated with it. But like Nightmare Before Christmas, Disney readopted it when they found out that, wait, people like this and they'll spend money on it. Wait, It was me! I'm wrong! 93 is an exceptional year for Halloween movies if you don't like horror. Yes, that's actually a good point. However, despite these outcomes, the movie has grown in popularity almost entirely due to DVD sales and ABC Family playing it over and over again, which is now Freeform, during their 13 Nights of Halloween. I think one year they actually played it five times in a row, if not for the entire day. Uh, It's been incorporated into one of Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween parties at Magic Kingdom. The city of Salem apparently throws huge celebrations around the movie, and Bette Midler has stated that this was her favorite role to play. Additionally, there is a made-for-TV sequel in development, uh, and there is a direct sequel book that includes a novelization of the movie. It was released in 2018 and was called Hocus Pocus and the All-New Sequel. It's about 500 pages. And the said sequel focuses on Max and Allison's daughter, Poppy. And I'm not sure how good the book is, but there are some one-star reviews on Amazon because apparently Poppy expresses romantic attraction to another girl character. And oh my God, people, get a damn grip. (laughs) Oh my God. And that's my uh, little intro spiel right there. (laughs) All righty. I like that the director or whoever, like, I liked how the Michael Jackson estate... Saw this director and said, you know what? He directed Hocus Pocus, Descendants, <laughs> High School Musical. That's who we want for the Michael Jackson <laughs> movie. Exactly, that is exactly the man you need. <laughs> I apparently remembered this movie very differently from when I rewatched it the other night. When was the last time you watched it? it it's been a number of years. Probably like... What? Does not compute. Look, I don't pay for cable, okay? So if it's not for free on the internet somewhere, you know. But it's a lot weirder and just like generally hornier of a movie than I remember. <laughs> yes. All right. This yes. movie is so horny. It so is sexual. so sexual. Like, why? How? Everything in this movie just wants to fuck and nobody's doing it no i mean i tell you it's what for- the old guy dressed as satan definitely ain't doing it that, that <laughs> wife why you ain't touching this oh my gosh <laughs> the old dude dressed as satan could have gotten there if he tried a little harder <laughs> it's so awkward it's that kind of special 90s awkwardness mm-hmm. where where apparently where the internet wasn't around yet so people couldn't google how sex worked so yeah, <laughs> you were uh, a little bit older than the rest of us. Do you remember seeing this like in theaters? I saw this in theaters. I was about I had to be seven years old since this came mm-hmm. out in July. And I the only thing I remember about it from the theater time was I was a big wimp growing up. So I was afraid it was going to be a horror movie, which it was not. But the cat getting run over fucked me up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Fucked me up hard, and then coming back to life, I was I just, little baby Jacob the was not okay. Twist. <laughs> little baby Jacob was very upset about all of this. I don't have a great recollection of this movie from my childhood. Like I definitely saw it when I was a younger kid, but I don't remember it being that popular. And then I feel like by the time I got in high school, it was kind of like oh, cool to watch this every year. Like you know, it's a trendy thing to do, and it has been. I feel like since then. It's it's the uh, it's the a Christmas story of Halloween movies basically. Right, that's a that's a fairly good comparison. Emily, did you watch this as a kid? Oh, absolutely. I've <laughs> probably watched this movie every year since I was a kid. Hmm. I feel like I've probably seen it more in the last five or six years than the rest of my life combined. And I feel like I think I've seen Emily watching this without full attention anyway. Like two or three times this year yeah but this doesn't seem like a background movie this seems like that's just weird to me (laughs) i feel like it's one of those things if you've seen something enough times it's always a good enough background movie you know gotcha yeah and it gives that fall vibe because like it is synonymous to me with fall and halloween and I will say, watching it now, even though it was a little bit before my time as a child in the 90s, you know, I was alive, but was, what, one, I guess, when this came out? Not even. And so uh, 
I didn't watch it then, but like, it's still like the tone and kind of the setting and everything feels very much like the Halloweens I had as a kid. And so there is a very like instant nostalgia that swings as soon as I start watching this. You know, it, it, it feels like a 90s movie. This movie is so 90s that, like, I'm surprised Max wasn't wearing a backwards cap and saying <laughs> how, and how, like, for, like, extreme everything was. No, Mom, I gotta drink my Surge. <laughs> Every kid had that, like, ridiculous haircut that he had. And he had the, the shirt over the long sleeve shirt. And uh, mm-hmm. even his name was Max. Like, mm-hmm. that was such a 90s thing. It was like make your it's, fictional character has got to be cool and relatable and call him Max because that's his dream. It's such a 90s name that even Goofy's son mm-hmm. is named That's Max. the first thing I thought of. <laughs> so getting into the beginning of like the movie, like going through our notes that we took here, I don't remember. I didn't, I didn't remember that opening sequence existed, first of all. It could like be that whole, it's so cringy that your mind was like trying to block it out, like this, like it, it could be, but I don't. So, like, first of all, why did he went to this kid? They got turned into a cat. He went to try and save his sister from these witches, but he didn't bring any kind of weapon. He said, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to these infamous witches that live in the woods. I'm gonna I'm gonna handle them with my bare hands. He, he, I'm gonna run these hands, you're gonna find out tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh and then uh apparently Bette Midler has the power to use Sith Lightning. Nobody told me about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, I would sell my soul to the devil for some Sith Lightning. I don't know yeah. about you guys. And I'm also very confused about where she got bright green and black striped socks. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very confused about that. I wasn't, I didn't know they had like that color of dye. I thought it was all like brown and beige. Like bright <laughs> colors were for nobles and rich people, not ye old living in Salem. Oh, uh, speaking, speaking of which, since you brought up that uh, uh, Max from uh, a goofy movie, uh, the guy who did the voice of Max also did the voice of Thackeray Banks, and I say the voice because they had him voice over the kid actor too. No. Yes. What? They thought he didn't. They apparent, apparently, according to the trivia I read on this, they didn't think he sounded old timey enough. So they got this voice actor to do it. I like how he said, You had a pretty enough face for a Thackeray. <laughs> but you look like what the 90s want the 1600s to look like. So you're in, but uh-huh. don't talk. Both parts of Thackeray. Uh, are like fairly like prolific actors like Jason Marsden who does the voice acting like is in a ton of stuff and then the actor who played Thackeray is in NCIS like he's like one of the main people in NCIS now oh that guy yeah. the nerd guy yeah he plays uh oh what is his name uh McGee he plays yes. McGee on NCIS yes now that you say that I can totally see it yeah, I can't I wait to tell him at all to be like, yeah, you you look good, so we'll keep you, but like you can't talk. Like we can't have your voice in our movie. Hey, the guy who acted as as uh, Darth Vader had no idea he was being dubbed over by James Earl Jones, and Aww. he did it for every movie. So <laughs> he wasn't happy. He was not happy when he went to the screening and found no. out about that. <laughs> Oh, they didn't tell him before this. That's so bad. Oh, I don't remember. I'm trying to remember if it was I, I if he knew beforehand. I just remember that I heard he wasn't happy about it when he found out. Oh, I no. mean, they they they're just out here doing these actors real dirty. Honestly, I feel like I need to rewatch that scene now because, like, I mean, it sounds weird, but I just thought it was just because it was like cringy, like you said, '90s trying to act like 1600s. I didn't pick up on that. Like, it wasn't his voice talking. I feel like I need to go rewatch that. Yeah. There's something off. And I think that's it. And, uh, and what's weird is cause, cause Eric's talking about this opening sequence and I'm like watching and I'm like this setup for like the old timey, like stuff before they get to the witch house looks way too good for nineties. <laughs> like mm-hmm. what's happening. I looked it up and they filmed it at a place called pioneer village in Salem. <laughs> that's actually set up to look like it supposedly was in the 1600s. So cool. That That's neat. Yeah. No matter what you have to say about this movie, and and I'll be honest, I like the movie, and I'm not in love with this movie. I think it's like okay. 
but the three witches are having so much fun mm-hmm. this entire film. You could just tell that the three of them are just like, like screw the rest of y'all. Like, we're having a blast right now. Bette Midler's such a legend that I feel like she just makes every scene that she's in. You're like, I just, I could watch whatever. Anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They sell it so hard and I love it. I'm like, mm-hmm. They're having fun and I'm having fun with them. Like, yay, I'm eating the soul of a child. Yay, do it. Yay. Do it, Bet. <laughs> do it. So most of this movie was shot on a soundstage in uh, California and Hollywood, obviously. But the outdoor shots were done in Salem and Marblehead, Massachusetts. And as somebody who grew up around New, like southern New England for uh, my entire life uh, outside of New York, it brings back a lot of uh, a lot of memories like it looks it looks they did a very good job capturing that sort of New England charm which uh really gets you in the mood but then you know what do you know about New England California Hollywood right LA <laughs> LA LA <laughs> oh yeah so when Allison first appears uh i said who's that 30 year old oh and and i had to look it up because there, i'm like she does look kind of old, but no, that's just an old-looking teenager. Oh, yeah, she would have been 17 when this came out, meaning yeah. she was probably like 16 when it was filmed. She looks really old for 16. I definitely yeah. thought she was in her 20s, at least. Also, I don't know what's more believable in this scene. The, the Sanderson sisters legend or a classroom of teens actually engaged in a teacher's lecture. <laughs> <laughs> thoroughly, thoroughly <laughs> engaged. Surely the legend is the more accurate part here. And for some reason, all of these teenagers believe it. Right. And are like, they think it's cool. But like, or at least if they don't think it's cool, they're at least like uh, letting the teacher go on, like dress up and like get into it. Like they're not making fun of the teacher. They're not, This is nothing like my experience as a teacher. But then at the end of the scene, when he tried, he, he, uh, Max walks up to Allison. And oh my like, gosh. He's like, if Jimi Hendrix shows up to your party, give me a call. Like, (laughs) and I'm not going to lie. I thought it was kind of smooth. I wouldn't do it because I know how stupid it is, but it was kind of smooth. Look, I'm just saying for the new kid in town, Max is just coming out slanging, you know, he's just some BDE. Mm -hmm. I'm here. Come over. Well, luckily he gets taken down a couple pegs by the, um, because it's not a 90s movie without bullies. Right. Yeah. Like, it's just ice not. in there, you know. Which which I have a note here. I did that to the back of my head at some point growing up. No. I definitely had my initials shaved to the back of my no, head. Oh, Jacob. <laughs> there, oh, man. We thought bullies? it was so cool back in the 90s. And Jacob, by we, were I you mean, a bully? I did. Look. <laughs> no, Jacob probably got stuffed in lockers. Uh, yeah, I enjoy that. The dude's name, because uh, Eric has here. Uh, these two are like the proto Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, because the one guy's like the one guy's like I'm Jay, and in my head I'm like, I'm I'm thinking because I've seen Jay and Silent Bob strike back too many times. He's like I'm Jay, and in my head I go, and that's my hetero life mate, Silent Bob. <laughs> nice, but he didn't say that. Also, why does the one bully literally look like a grown man? Like <laughs> we thought this looked old. Listen, listen, with Disney's track record of having 30-year-olds play teenagers looking Mm -hmm. at Hannah Montana here, (laughs) uh, I I wouldn't be surprised. So, like, the next couple, the next paragraph of notes we have are just basically about how thirsty this fucking movie is. Oh, God. It's, like, uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Here it goes. It's I'm just... I'm just trying to picture the man, the director, saying, all right, I want you to fall into your bed now and moan Allison's name. Yeah. Oh, like, you sleep in, like, 0.5 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Allison. And then the kid jumps out, and I'm like, none of this is right. Uh, and they go trick-or-treating, and then the fantastic line of Thor Birch, of Danny telling Allison that Max likes your, what do you call them? Yabos? Yeah. Yeah, like where did did he actually say that? I don't remember because where did that come from? They, no. they don't. They, that's just I think that's where the joke started. But like, yeah. how do you even get that out of anything Max said? 
<laughs> like, like, did was she talk? Was he talking to his sister about how how much she, he wants the the gabos? Like, my only assumption is that his little sister's a creep, and he's in there moaning about the yabos, <laughs> and that's where. It, but like, where do you get yabos out of boobs? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, according to Urban Dictionary, it is, because I just Googled the word yabos, and it's the fourth entry here from Urban Dictionary. The first three are a taco place, uh, <laughs> Japanese tacos. There you go. It puts a saucy spin on Southwest food. Yeah. So we have some lines about the movie being absurdly horny for some reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I was going to say, too, if we're still um, right after that scene where she talks about the yabos, <laughs> and I love that. Uh, Allison just like left. Was like, yeah, I'm just gonna leave this party that I got uh, all dressed up for in this like crazy Victorian dress. Um, but I also love about my boobs was enough to do it for me. She was like, I need to change. Like, I can't wear this corset top around him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No one's ever talked about my yabos before, (laughs) right? But I just love how when they leave and those bullies are back to uh, take all these kids candy. Like, where are any adults? Like, do no adults accompany their children trick-or-treating in 1993? No. Um, Um, I specifically remember going trick-or-treating with no adults. Really? (laughs) It was fine. You got an older brother somewhere. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. I'm not going to lie. I've never understood most Halloween movies because my experience growing up was not only having parents with me, but going before it was dark. Right. So uh, that, my parents always took me like after school, way before nighttime. And I always wondered, why are we going at night? Like when the Halloween time actually is. And, but yeah, but, like there were less people the longer it was dark out, which I guess makes sense. Now I will say, you know, I grew up in a really large neighborhood uh, that was like kind of the spot to trick or treat in our area. Like we're talking king size candy. I'm talking, there were some full size candy bars given out. I was telling Emily this tonight. Oh, look Uh, at you at the rich neighborhood. It was one house. It was one house that had full size candy bars. But yeah, more importantly, it's just a ton of houses. And so like we would have kids from other neighborhoods come over on like hayride, like truck fulls. And, like, just they drop their kids off in our neighborhood. It must have been a nightmare buying candy. Like, a nightmare. (laughs) Probably spent hundreds. I'm not even kidding. But it was awesome. And, yeah, very much was just kind of like, oh, yeah, start out early. And then it was kind of like, keep trick-or-treating until you are done. You'd have, like, four, you know, buckets full or pillowcases full or whatever you were using. And it was very much like my parents stayed home and handed out candy. And it was, like, me and my older brother and, like, friends going trick-or-treating but i just don't understand how there's not one parent like not just one I mean, <laughs> just well, stop these bullies parents at the houses right right that's true that's but true handing out the candy unless they're all at this like rave that's yeah, exactly they always where it is they all went to a party they and let the kids wander around <laughs> who is the who is in this neighborhood right now besides these children um I also don't understand how anything the bullies are saying are actual burns. Like the <laughs> the one bully calls the guy, "Who are you dressed up as? A new kid on the block?" Like because of the band's new, new kid on the block, and he's but a, like, is that an insult kid. in the nineties? Weren't boy uh, bands like a thing? Because like I would be like, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's better than the little leaguer that he went as. <laughs> I feel like it was probably a thing, like, I mean, they were popular, but as, like, a teenage guy, like, you were probably not like, oh, yeah, I'm really into boy bands, you know? Uh, oh, true, true. That's a good point. No, yeah, they weren't, like, this was this was pre-NSYNC and, uh, and right. Backstreet Boys. Like, true, true. Yeah. Pretty clever, though. <laughs> so they go, they, go do, they go do the trick-or-treating, and then, for some reason, they, he, again... Why does your little sister talking about my boobs make me want to come on an adventure with you? Right. They go to the Sanderson sisters' house, which is 300 years later, somehow still around, and also now a dilapidated museum. (laughs) And I would like some answers, please, on why and how. Also, if they were like an evil, if they were known for being like an evil trio that that got hung, like why wasn't the house burned exactly, down? Exactly. Yeah. That that's that's where I'm got like why? <laughs> because they knew they knew in the future. They're like, I'm gonna pass this down to my future generations as a gift shop. 
did you see the musical <laughs> performance they put on? Like, they knew. They were anticipating that. They're like, this is the show of the century. These people mm-hmm. are going to party really until the next day if we let this happen. And who are we to deprive these parents of this one night of relief? But mm-hmm. you know, also, mm-hmm. fuck their kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> totally uh, killed by witches. Uh, this is also the part of the movie where I regretted not starting a virgin count of how often the word virgin mm-hmm. is said in this movie, which is which is never said in a way that is not derogatory. Every time it's brought up, it's like, yo, why hasn't this 14 year old gotten laid yet? Like, that's the implication. It's Look, like I'm just saying this kid's pretty versed in yabos and yobology. <laughs> you know, you would have thought maybe he's involved. So as I was as I was sitting here watching the movie and going adding my notes in, I pulled up uh, a PDF of the script that I found online somewhere and <laughs> searched through it. There are nine total resor- results for the word virgin being used in this movie, including well, had- at the very end of the movie where he's like, yeah, I had to wait some for some virgin to light the candle. You're talking to your like six year old sister about this. I had to wait for some virgin. <laughs> Not like you, sis, right? Jeez. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Wait, God. And uh, I, I had texted a friend. I'm like, I wish I had kept track of all and they said it. And she's like, well, my sister and I did a drinking game of this movie once. And that was one of the things where you had to take a drink. And we were wasted by the end of it. Nine is what? Weak. I'm sure there were other things involved. Yeah, like, every sure. time Thackeray Binks gets horribly maimed or injured. <laughs> <laughs> chug the drink <laughs> let's see so then they light the candle and the witches come back and hijinks ensue like some kind of <laughs> scooby-doo bullshit uh that's when Binks starts talking actually yeah and they're flying around and they run into the cemetery right and then they somehow bring a dead guy back but he isn't like decomposed at all it, he should just be a skeleton. That's what right. I said to Anita. She told me to shut up. <laughs> and then he not, and then Max knocks his head off, and then he picks it up and just puts it back on like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. This is this is some Scooby Doo level of fuckery. That's all I gotta <laughs> say about that. This is also where I wrote that Binks can't keep the accent straight. It's like he can't decide whether he wants to have like this kind of sort of English accent or American accent. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and then he got ran over. He got ran over, and that fucked me up a lot as a kid. Yeah. Well, they show him flattened. Yeah, you don't. He's you deflated. Don't see it happen, but then he's mangled, and he's just like, "Oh, I'm alive again." Then there's the dress-up cop. Mm-hmm. They're running around trying to tell everybody about this for some reason. Instead of just burning, no, that's right. They said they couldn't do that. Instead of just throwing the book into a safe and into a lake or something, where are you gonna get a safe at like 10 p.m., 11 p.m. on a on Halloween? Steal it from your parents' basement. I don't know. What do you want? <laughs> and then there's the scene with the dude dressed up as the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why is this man just bringing three grown women into his home? Like, while his wife is clearly not up for company. Halloween's a different time in 93, y'all. I hate that scene. It, it like, slows everything down. It's not funny. And I don't know why they kept it in the movie. Uh, Because the dog chasing them out is hilarious. That was funny. The dog was cute. It reminded me of, like, Woofy. Like, trying to be scared of Woofy. <laughs> oh, no, it's Woofy. I'm so scared. And it is funny, like, this whole, like, the whole scene when the Sanderson sisters are back. Like, it's funny seeing them, like, interact with this 1993 world, you know, after last time they were alive was in the 1600s. And, you know, them thinking that this guy dressed up as a devil is the, is actually Satan. But it, it that scene, like you said, it is still pretty slow and just weird and like especially when uh sarah and him start dancing (laughs) and it's like why (laughs) so like this it's kind of a weird inconsistency this movie has with how much they know what's going on Uh because all the stuff where they're like oh it's a road it's not it's not a black river no it's a bus and like all this cute stuff and then like suddenly like uh bet midler's making legit like 
driving jokes near the end of the movie when they're like chasing the car. Like, let me see a driver's permit. I'm like, there's no way <laughs> that you picked up on the intricacies of this and like stuff right. like that. And and that's a weird complaint. In the span of 10 hours, she learned everything she needed to know. Yeah. And then they go to the dance hall. And I, I don't understand why was his mom dressed up as Madonna. <laughs> I don't I don't get that. Well, I don't understand. Like, what do you mean? Is it supposed to be funny because Madonna's kind of creepy or what? No, I think it's just like, do you never dress up as just a celebrity? No. Oh, I feel like lots of people do that on Halloween. And Madonna was yeah. iconic. Yeah. Yeah. But also I Yabos. Mean, yeah. <laughs> another, another, another Yabo reference. I also love how the mom is like utterly helpless when her daughter is like obviously terrified and trying to like talk to her about what's going on and also brings a random cat. And she's like, where's your father? Like, <laughs> I dad. cannot. At least the dad acts responsibly. Like, he, like, freaks out and is like, is your sister okay? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, let's go have a talk. The mom's just like, meh, see you later, (laughs) sweetie. Like, I feel like all it would take is for either of the kids to be like, hey, there's these three old women following us and threatening us. Like, can you please help as our parents? Like, if Harper came and said that to us, I feel like immediately would be on guard. Not like, oh, you're fine. Well, that's because you're a parent in 2020 and not 1990. Sure. You got to remember in the 90s, everything was chill. Everything was chill. Kid in the 90s, like I knew if I ran to my parents, they would probably react the same way. Like, is is somebody else okay? And uh, go away. We're having a party now. Right. True. I mean, that's because the rehearsed dance and song (laughs) that they somehow did in the past 300 years uh, being dead. Puts all the parents into a trance where they just dance endlessly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that song was made for the Sanderson sisters. I will just play that song for <laughs> to get my fall vibes. <laughs> they, they heard one verse of it, and then they knew the entire song after that. Is that is it possible to learn this power? This is also the first time in the entire movie that I've seen any person of color. Yep. Mm-hmm. There were, there were three women in the background... Like they're they're dressed up as like backup singers, and that's it. Other than that's that, it. this movie is Lily White, yeah. which again, if you know anything about New England, pretty accurate. And uh, what you have here about you say teenager jumps on the stage and everyone's like, "Oh no, I can't believe this!" Oh well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, watch well. this scene. Watch this scene again and watch the main singer. He like grabs out of his hand and instead of like fighting, the guy like looks away and like, "Oh man, well, I guess this kid's taking over now." Like, there's nothing he can do about it's it. Like, and then uh, he's like, "Haha, good joke, good good prank, uh, <laughs> guy." It's like the meme where he's like, "Oh no." Anyways, anyways, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> And before we get to the uh, school, also, um, they're, when they're in that alley, um, can you confirm this, New England expert? Are alley lobsters a thing? What? <laughs> no. What What even was that? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> why is his aquarium of lobsters outside in a, like, dark, <laughs> dirty alley? <laughs> no. Like, you, you – have you ever been to a lobster place where the tank wasn't either in the kitchen or outside for everyone to see? Right. What a weird thing. I don't <laughs> choose your what a... lobster and you will have him killed. <laughs> Before we move past the whole thing though, I do have to say that that scene is is the Yabos. It is just amazing. The whole musical section is probably the highlight of the movie, uh, I think. So good. Point. Mm-hmm. It is truly excellent. Uh yeah, anyway, so they go to the school and they decide to they decide to burn the witches alive in a kiln, which is something that schools usually have when they're mm-hmm. making pottery art. But this is a giant man-sized kiln that can hold three grown women and probably five other people. It was huge. What I want to know is what are they burning that, that needed to be that large? They're making right. the terracotta folders. Now, I will say I'm pretty sure the kiln in, at Thompson was like, I mean, you could definitely fit two or three people in it but not really? like yeah but not comfortably it wasn't like an entire guest room like this one was <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure there was a futon in there it was right. enormous it was huge 
And also, you know, that was a pretty, like, good plan. I mean, like, that's, you know, they burned in the 1600s and they're burning now. Like, I remember, you know, the first time watching this being like, yeah, they did it. Like, it's over now. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, it, I agree. But uh... they did it. But there's still 30 minutes of movie left, so you better buckle mm-hmm. up. Buckle up. <laughs> After they defeat the witches, Binks is still kind of sad, and Max goes, "You really miss her, don't you?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like you fucking idiot. Max is such a bro. You know, like he's such a bro. He's like, man, feelings. Yeah. <laughs> he's 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 trying to help this cat. And he's trying to empathize with this man cat. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you really miss your sister, don't you? And at the end of the movie, he's like, I had to get saved by some virgin. (laughs) Like, all right, Binks, I see where you're at. Right. Binks is like, when I was your age, I was just slaying. Slaying left and right. Left and right. Just helicopter and everywhere. (laughs) He said, and if they didn't like it, you just said they were a witch and they were gone. (laughs) Hot take. Hot take. I believe it, though. Yeah, I mean, oh look, God. I'm just not trusting a guy named Thackeray on any matter. <laughs> Thackeray I, like, Binks. Like, it's a worse version of Zachary. Like, it's the, how? Is his uh, nickname Thack? Yeah. Thack. <laughs> he just went hey, around, hey, Thack, come here. Hey, Thack. Thack. Let's talk about how uh, Binks then cuddles with an elementary schooler. Yeah. I, I, I even yeah. said something about that last night. I was like, it's weird. There's <laughs> definitely weird. some sexual tension, and it's very strange. It's it's it, it's really weird. And it's like, why? This is a child and a cat. I don't. A 300-year-old cat. I think the, I think the implication is supposed to be that like he sees his sister in her. But it doesn't come out that way. No. Why? And why doesn't it come out that way? Like, what's wrong with us? <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't think it's us. I think it's this movie. Yeah. I Like, yeah. I'll, I, look, I'm willing to blame myself for seeing into things way too much in a really weird fashion. But this movie is not helping. Okay? Between Sarah Jessica Parker's entire character, between the Yabo mm-hmm. stuff, between everything happening, this movie is so sexually awkward that I just, there's no, I feel like there's no other way to look at it. And like, and here's another thing. This, this, how old is she supposed to be? Um, Danny, like seven, eight. She's wearing lipstick the whole time too, which is also like weird. And it's, you have this, uh, you have, you have this teenager who looks like she's 30 and, and then I have here in the notes and they're cuddling. And I said, now it's time for Max to get to Yabo base. And then as he is at Yabo base, the book decides it wants to be a beeping Tom. <laughs> just opens his eyes and looks. Because right, for some right, reason, right. this book needed an eyeball. The book is, is, a, is a freaky thing, and I think it's pretty cool. Let's see, and then and then the book does its big light-up thing, right? <laughs> he Which opens is... the book, and it lights up, and he goes, nothing weird so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> which, is, which is where I said again, why not just duct tape it shut? And throw it into a lake in a safe or something. But I guess that's impractical. You can't just steal your parents' safe to hide an evil book. I'm I'm telling you, people just don't have safes lying around. I mean, I guess. Just go steal one from a hotel. Hotels have them everywhere. They're usually attached to the wall. Take the whole wall. What do I care? <laughs> and then there's the the song. Why don't you tell us about the song? Actually, before before the song, I want to point out that the whole thing where Kathy and Jimmy has to use a vacuum cleaner yes. is, I remember they made such a big deal about that when this movie came out. It was in like all the posters, it was in all the commercials, because ha ha ha, how funny, a witch on a vacuum, and now it's like, like I get it, it's still funny, but back then people thought, like they, they must have thought this was the cleverest thing that they mm-hmm. ever thought of. You're like, this is it. Like This is it. This is the shot. But yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker has a song. I don't know if she's the one actually singing it. I was wondering that too. I also think it's weird that like Kathy and Jimmy, who also has like a really amazing singing voice, um, doesn't have a song in this movie. But uh, the other two do. And so she's flying around singing this very like, very like creepy enchanting kind of song. And Anita's watching this and she just goes, oh my God, so much cleavage. I mean, yabos. Like legit, those are what she said. (laughs) It's just. And like she's it's like it's so much cleavage, and she's singing the song to children to lure children. And also, like 
you know, and I I don't think we really mentioned this, but like she's like obsessed with boys. This like adult woman and like yeah, ew. yeah, for sure. I, I had said in the up in the notes before that the witches are a diva, a cannibal, and a pedophile. That's what the three of them are. Yeah, and, are and we love them. <laughs> <laughs> the icons. I don't know about that we... anymore. I don't know anymore. We did. You root for them because they're having so much fun. That's yeah. That's true. it. This is true. And then they get to. I don't even want to call it the big fight, but they get to the end of the movie where they're trying to just waste time. It feels like for the, the, the whole candle thing to go out. Right. Yeah. For the sun to come up. Yeah. Well, yeah. When the sun comes up and the candle burns out, whatever, whatever it is. Right. But the thing at the end of the movie here that really threw me off is they made a big deal earlier in the movie about being in the, in the graveyard because it's hollowed ground and they can't set foot in hollow ground and blah, blah, blah. Like they do with like every big like Halloween kind of like Dracula kind of thing, right? Yes. So when he knocks, what uh, Bette Midler, when she gets knocked off of the broom and onto the hollowed ground, why does it seem that like that doesn't do anything to her? Okay, so I think it does because I think it takes a second. I think that's why she turns to stone first because mm. the other two witches don't turn to stone; they just go boom. Let's go boom. Yeah. But but Bette Midler turns to stone and then goes boom. And then and you see her feet burning for a little bit too, like right before she turns to stone. Oh, maybe I just didn't catch it. But it does seem odd because like that is triggered by like it becoming dawn, right? Yeah. And so you would think like, okay, well, what was stopping them earlier when it was like hours before dawn? Yeah, no, that's that's what I'm saying, like why why did it matter then but now it doesn't matter because there was 80 minutes of movie left <laughs> also backing up just a, a tad like i love how allison is so shocked when uh danny is taken when she literally did nothing to like keep danny but put salt around herself <laughs> and then she's like oh no she's like that pikachu meme like oh <laughs> No, they had they had put Danny in the grave because remember they opened the zombie's mouth and now he's a good guy. Right, I meant like in, in the, the house. Like the I was talking about yeah, like, in, the, in, the, in a minute. Where she oh, okay. sprinkles salt around herself and they they kind of walk through it like it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, it's like, iodized salt, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's got to be like pure rock salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then like they put a thing around Danny and then sh- the idiot gets out of the graveyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then. When the when the witches all go boom, why does the zombie not immediately collapse? Why does he get a couple minutes? For the same reason that the witches understood the intricacies of driving permits. And... <laughs> uh huh. I'm just I'm just concerned about some inconsistencies here. That's all. <laughs> Listen, you can, you can't pay attention to like the small details in this movie. You just gotta accept it. Most modern movies will don't care about that stuff. The 90s didn't care at all. They were like, we're doing this for the joke, we're doing this for the exactly. for the catharsis. We need to we need to have the zombie get back in the grave cuz the zombie was a good guy all along and uh, yawn and fall back. Mm-hmm. Apparently, apparently this is where um Johnny Depp got his entire concept for um Jack Sparrow off of cuz they they move almost exactly the same way. I could see it. <laughs> oh, mhm. Oh my! I didn't notice that. I didn't think about that. It just—it's just the way he the shuffles around, like he's undead. Uh, and then you have here written: this movie is so inappropriate. <laughs> yes, that's what I wrote. This movie is just very inappropriate. It's as we have stated multiple times. I felt I feel very uncomfortable sometimes watching it. I'm not gonna lie; it's a little. It's a little weird. Hey, if you if you want to know something uh, that makes an already uncomfortable scene even more uncomfortable, so um, I was looking up to see if Sarah Sarah Jessica Parker actually did sing, and she did, according to Hollywood.com. Oh. <laughs> I don't nice. know how accurate. Thank you. Um, I trust it. But according to this site, which is twenty five things you didn't know about Hocus Pocus, <laughs> Satan and his wife are played by real life brother and sister. <laughs> Wait, who? What? Satan, the creepy guy, and his and wife, the guy plays... brother and sister. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's oh. so weird. Like, why? Uh, <laughs> like, why? Uh, 
Um, also, there were nine cats who played Thackeray Binks. Nine? You needed nine? Each was used for a different skill. One swatted, one slept, one purred. I don't know how, I don't know how reputable this site is. <laughs> Are you telling me that sleeping is a skill that I could get paid for? Right. Only if you're a cat. Uh, I want to bring up a, a point here that I didn't realize when I was doing my thing before that, uh, that Sean had put in for the notes here that 93 was a really good time for non-scary horror, like non-horror Halloween movies. Yeah, so we definitely, I mean, we already talked about how we had Hocus Pocus and we had, uh, what was the other one we mentioned? Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. But then we also had the Olsen twin classic, Double Double Toil and Trouble, which I also remember distinctly from my childhood. And then Adam's Family Values. And then in the actual horror realm, you have Leprechaun. But like, that's like five pretty popular movies for Halloween all in one year. That's ridiculous. I'm going to have to put a, a an asterisk next to your double, double toil and trouble. Because not only have I never even heard of it, I'm not sure how much. Of, I, I'm questioning its classic status there. Might be a Sean, a Sean favorite. but uh, uh, Look, I'm just saying when you grew up with the Olsen twins, like they were the Olsen twins, man. Like, you know? mm-hmm. Sir, I know I, I watched Full House religiously growing up. I And I think my French class showed that. The Paris Twins one, whatever that was called, multiple times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely remembered that one. Also, apparently in that movie, it also has Cloris Leachman. So, you know, starring some some gems in there. Nice. But, I mean, that's a lot. I don't know, uh, you know, many other years in particular, but I feel like you don't get many Halloween movies in any year, let alone ones that are fairly recognizable, at least for their stars. True. And there's a tendency now for a lot of horror movies to come out actually in January and February because it's the slower time for films. And it's usually where they put movies that they think aren't going to do well. And a lot of horror movies, like Halloween kind of movies, are, are or just horror movies in general, are just sort of not seen as being like, quote unquote, good or have a much more like niche audience. So they just shove them in winter when there's less people going, which is weird because you got to save you should be saving that stuff for Halloween. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I think it's hard. They're all doing it for the money rather than for the actual thematic intent. Y'all, can I read some more of these crazy facts about Hocus Pocus? Go I insist. Do we have time? Go okay. Yeah. Producer David Kirshner, right, came up with the story for Hocus Pocus and said he created it as a bedtime story for his daughters what (laughs) (laughs) like hey daughter come here let me tell you about the story of these witches trying to suck the lives out of children (laughs) excuse me (laughs) sleep well (laughs) to pitch the story to disney the writers led executives into a dark room with broomsticks and a vacuum cleaner look they said that's it oh my god that's yes that's that was the selling point Hanging from the ceiling. They also scattered 15 pounds of candy corn throughout the room. Why? <laughs> to clean that. <laughs> Why? That's so much candy corn. I don't even want one piece. <laughs> yeah, like it's like I hate candy corn and that's a waste. But also like, like you said, why? Like it's not like candy corns were a symbolic element in this story. <laughs> um... Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm not going to read all of them, but just some of the big ones. Leonardo DiCaprio was reportedly offered uh, a ton of money to play the part of Max. He should have taken it. He turned mm-hmm. it down to star in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. So. Which he won the award for. what that movie is, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell was originally offered the role to play Mary Sanderson, but she turned it down because she didn't want to play a, quote, scary witch, quote, and felt uneasy about playing a character who kills children. That's fair. The, but the author of this, but the author of this article put bad move, Rosie. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, I think those are all the good uh, facts. Me, but meanwhile, uh, Bette Midler's yeah. like, "Yes, yeah, sign me up for, for <laughs> right." I'm all about this. <laughs> and hey, Sarah Jessica Parker, we need you to like seduce young children to come. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, like I said at the beginning when we started this, this is this movie is way more weird and horny and just generally fucked up than I remember. But Oh, the last one. Sorry. There is one more. 
In the scene where Billy cuts his stitches open, those were real moths flying out of his mouth. The crew used a dental dam-like device to keep (laughs) them from going down his throat. Ew. No. No, no, no. I won't stand for it. God, I won't stand for it. I don't believe it, and I won't believe it. Why? (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) Knowledge is a burden, and you have burdened us all. I... I think that's a great fact to add this on personally. <laughs> I, what a nightmare. What a story. You know, I, I, I was I was gonna say this, but given that apparently there's a sequel book that involves their daughter, we know that Max got to Yabo Base in the end. He did. Whoa. He did get to Yabo Base. And that's the moral of the story, kids. This great, <laughs> wholesome Disney fall classic. Max got his yabos. It's all that matters in life, man. That's it. In the end, I still think it's a charming movie and it enjoyable. Is. But it is. Yeah, I, I'm glad we were able to at least share in the awkwardness. It's, it's enjoyable. It's just weird. I'm interested to... Uh, I've heard people like, you know, people like to complain, which some of it's valid, I guess, but... Um, I've heard people be like, I had to explain virginity to my child after watching this movie. <laughs> and so I can only, I like want to just think about when Harper is like old enough to understand this movie and like, what's a virgin, ma? What's a virgin, dad? <laughs> That's when you go, don't worry about that. <laughs> what are yabos? What are, what are yabos? It's a type of candy. Listen. <laughs> Shut up and watch the movie. Shut up and watch the movie. That's right. Let me go party. Let me go to the <laughs> town hall for an all-night rave. Does anybody have anything else? Oh, actually, yeah, I do have something. The The one bully whose name's not Ice uh, was on an episode of NCIS, I found out, while sleuthing <laughs> during this. So he reunited with Thackeray just to bully him one more time. Wow. One last bully. It took, it took a little bit of time, but full circle. Ain't that something? Ain't ain't that just a dream? All right. Well, um, if nobody has anything else, I guess we'll call it a close here. Again, this was the Peach Geeks Film Club, uh, a podcast that is a book club, but for movies because movies are easier to consume. Uh, and I am your host, Eric, and I've been joined by my friends. I'm Jacob. I'm Sean. And I'm Emily. And I hope you all have a great night. Doodles. Blah. Blah. Peach Geeks Film Club is a production of the Peach Geeks Network. Film Club was created and hosted by Eric Bowser, and this episode co-starred Jacob Gallet, Emily Horan, and Sean Horan. Editing by Jacob Gallet and podcast artwork by Emily Horan. The intro and outro music is courtesy of Perrytune, with an available link in the podcast notes. For more information on Peach Geeks podcasts or to join in the conversation, join our Discord channel or find us at peachgeeks.net. Thanks for listening.